It looks like officially Austin Eckler will be staying put, and it's a win-win because the Chargers get to keep their RB1 happy, and Austin Eckler gets the pay raise he very much deserves. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers now for seven seasons together, but this is our fifth season as host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making us your first listen. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe or follow for free on YouTube and listen wherever you get your podcast from. And today we are talking about Austin Eckler's pay raise and why that's important for the Chargers to get that distraction away from the team after what happened with the whole Melvin Gordon situation. And we're going to talk to someone that was actually there covering the team for that, Eric D. Williams, who used to cover the Chargers for ESPN and one of our first ever guests on the show comes back to tell us a little bit about the differences between Justin Herbert and Philip Rivers, the differences between how this went down with Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon and so much more. So cool to get him back on again. But it starts, David, with one of the biggest stories of the offseason, which was Austin Eckler requesting that he can go seek out a trade partner for the Chargers. Now, it doesn't seem like that will happen. It seems like he's staying put. And to me, that's a win win. It absolutely is a win-win. Like This is exactly what Austin Eckler was trying to accomplish. He just wanted to be compensated for the production that he was able to give to the Chargers the last couple of years. And, and I think when you look at his contract, which is you know about $6.25 million per year, uh, that's pretty much the tops of what the free agent running backs got this offseason. And the difference is, is Austin Eckler's production far superseded anybody who was out there on the market who got a contract. So I think it, it's right that he w- wanted to get more money. He definitely outperformed his current deal. And I think this is a great, great decision by the Chargers to be able to give him some probably very achievable incentives to make him feel like he's getting some more money for what he has done and what they expect him to do. Yeah, and I mean, that's part of business, right? It's like you don't want to pay someone for past production. You want to that's pay right. them for what they're going to do, right? And I mean, that's, you would think saying that this is a bad idea for the Chargers because they already have them under contract, right? But it's not that simple. So I think giving him, you know, up to $1.75 million in incentives, almost $2 million according to Adam Schefter, puts him well above those guys, right? Puts him well above anyone that just signed in free agency. I'm sure they're going to be attainable, you know, kind of incentives for him to get that money. And for the Chargers, you get to keep an absolute, you know, monstrous part of your offense, right? The only running back you feel really good about going into the season. While also, David, keeping your future cap situation looking good, right? Because now... They buy themselves some time with Austin Eckler to see what he looks like this year, right? To see what they want to do next year because you were able to make him happy. You're not going to have a big distraction, but you're also keeping some flexibility for yourself where you're not rushing into, you know, giving him a three-year, $12 million a year extension. And that, I mean, that's typically how the Chargers move, too. I mean, they're just not a t- uh, an organization that throws out extensions too early. Like, they really want to make sure. they tried to extend them, right? Like, yeah, that's the important thing to remember here, too, is like, well, right. how many years was that? I don't know. You know, because right. it's starting yeah, I, at age 29. Right. So, yeah, you, you got to figure. I mean, obviously, it, it wasn't the numbers that he was expecting. 
But I mean, for, for him and for the team, I think this is a great move because, you know, you don't have to worry about the Melvin Gordon type situation coming out and coming to fruition because that was a major distraction for everybody. I mean, for Melvin Gordon, for the Chargers, it, it wasn't a good situation. He ended up sitting out six games. And then when he came back, he was definitely not in shape. He wasn't the right in the right mindset and he wasn't productive. And so this just is it was it was a bad situation. This is a much better situation for Austin Eckler and for the Chargers. Chargers, they can pretty much put this situation to bed. They can both come back feeling very good about their resolution to this, and they can focus on playing football and winning football games for the Chargers. Yeah, and it was interesting hearing Eric Williams kind of point on that because he was talking about just kind of the impact it had on the team that year that was coming off of a really good season yeah. and how him holding out kind of affected everyone, and now at least the Chargers don't have to worry about that, right? I mean, not having that distraction, I think, is going to be something that definitely benefits the team. And I think the other thing about this, too, is it's just less pressure for either, you know, Isaiah Spiller or Joshua Kelly or both of them to have to go off this year, right? Like, yeah. if you traded Austin Eckler, like, it's, you know, a lot of nice things you could project for the two guys they would have left. But that would basically be all it is because with those guys, you've never seen it for a consistent, you know, for a full season in Josh Kelly's case, right? Or in Friday Isaiah Spiller at all at this level. So I think having this guy back in the fold, he is invaluable. You don't have to worry now as Charger fans that he's going to be traded or that it's going to be a big distraction because that Melvin Gordon thing was something nobody wanted to see play out again. And it's so interesting because it was Austin Eckler who ended up getting the long-term contract from the Chargers and not Melvin Gordon after everything and how it played out there. But I think that just him showing up at training camp, him getting in early to learn Kellen Moore's offense, that is something that I think is going to be valuable. But I think when you look at this unit, David, even though this is nice, it's important to realize it's not an extension, right? Right. So at this moment, the only running back still under contract after 2023 is Isaiah Spiller, who the everydayers already know we are actually talking to tomorrow. So we're going to be, it's going to be very fun to get him on the show through the Chargers. He's going to come on and do a segment with us. So we're very, very excited about that all of the guests this week. But I do think that, you know, it's still a room that is going to have big question marks after this year, right? Because Josh Kelly is sure. going to be a free agent. Austin Eckler is going to be a free agent. And, like, this is the thing now, David, is, like, you put yourself in a situation is what do you do even if Austin Eckler goes off? If he goes up for another 15 touchdowns, are you going to give him that extension? So I think there's still some question marks even after, you know, good news today. Yeah, I mean, I think the news is great for this season. And honestly, I don't really feel like this resolution has any impact on what's going to happen after the season. I I still feel like Austin Eckler is going to be looking for the, you know, the 10 plus million dollars per season that he's going to want. And the Chargers, I don't think, are going to give him that money. And and I think it's just going to be to where he has another great season and he goes signs and goes and signs with somebody else. So the Chargers are going to have to hope that Isaiah Spiller is able to come out in his sophomore season and really produce and really look like the type of running back that they thought they were bringing into the fold. A guy that, you know, can really get those tough yards in between the tackles, a guy that can really get some touchdowns for you and be productive. I mean, that's the biggest thing or else the carousel of trying to find the right mix at running back is just going to continue and they're going to have to continue to invest 
draft resources on trying to bring in the right guy. So, I mean, I, I, I like the, like I said, I like the resolution. I think it's great for the team. It's great for Austin Eckler. But after this season, the same questions still remain. Is it going to be Josh Kelly? Is it going to be Isaiah Spiller? This season is going to be very big in de- determining how that room is going to look. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, this is, today is a very important deal for 2023, right? Yeah. I mean, after that, we're going to have to see because I think what you don't want is just to be in a situation last year that you weren't in this year where you feel like you have to take somebody exactly in the draft, right? And it feels like right now they already have a position at tight end where it feels like that going into next year is going to be a huge need for them, right? After Gerald Everett's contract expires, unless we, you know, see one of the most miraculous comebacks ever from Trey McKitty, like... It feels like the Chargers are already going to be kind of there with tight end. You don't want to have to go into the next offseason needing a starting tight end and yeah. needing a starting running back, right? Because when you need things like that, it's very, very tough to find value in them. And yeah. that's a, a spot that you would hope that the Chargers could kind of avoid. But they would still have options with Austin Eckler if they really wanted to, right? If they want to kick the can down the road, they could franchise tag Austin Eckler for a big number. I don't think they're going to want to do that. Yeah. It would be hard to believe, but it's still going to be a position group going forward where, like, the future of that position on the Chargers, I mean, we have to hope it's Isaiah Spiller, and I'm excited to talk to him tomorrow about that because that is kind of what he's going to have on his shoulders, and hopefully he can show us something this year to get Chargers fans excited about it. But we do have a very special guest, and I can't keep him waiting. We have Eric Williams on the show today who covers the the NFC West right now for Fox Sports, but covered the Chargers for a very long time for ESPN, a multiple-time reoccurring guest on this show, and always brings it and still has a great finger on the pulse of everything going on with the Chargers, and also has some insight into Chargers teams past with Phillip Rivers and some of the coaches of years past as well. So we got to get to him, but first I do need to tell you guys that you guys should be making a fast break to the best betting place you could find, and it is FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. The finals are about to be set, guys, and you know where you should be going for the action because one of the great things about FanDuel, I think that sets them apart, is just the kind of bets you can make there. They have so many different fun bets that are going to keep you so in tune with everything going on in the game, and you can just get so specific where you're going to look at a game and there's not going to be a a way that you're not going to find the bet that you want on that game, right? And there's always great promotions going on every day. And most importantly, it's a safe and secure app, and you get paid instantly. There's no better place to base all of your playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, guys, we have another very special guest this week. David, the guest booker extraordinaire, has been busy on this one. And this one is really, really cool from us for us because this is one of the first guys that helped us out on this beat when we first started Locked on Chargers, one of our most you know frequenting guests, especially early on. We have Eric D. Williams on the show, someone who covered the Chargers for a long time for ESPN, now currently covers the NFC West Force Box Sports. Fox Sports has also done, you know, the Rams for Sports Illustrated. has been all over the place at the NFL level. Eric, been a long time, man. Great to see you back. What's up, fellas? It's great to see you as well. Appreciate you having me on again and, and looking forward to, the, to talk a little bit of Bolts. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, you were, you were the guy for us. I mean, you were where we went for all of our Chargers news and everything, you know, for a long time. But I do want to start here 
with something you recently put out because you actually recently just wrote a great piece on Fox Sports about Kellen Moore, the new Chargers offensive coordinator. And as you're kind of looking in from not too far away, what did you make of them going and getting him? And what do you think he can kind of bring to this Chargers offense and Justin Herbert? Yeah, I, I thought it was a great move initially when, when they made the decision to move on from, from Lombardi. Um, quick backstory, I actually covered Kellen Moore when he was in high school. Oh, that's um, crazy. Wow. I didn't know that. Worked in Tacoma, Washington. He played at Prosser High School. Um, and I brought that up to him that, you know, I covered him in the state semifinals. And, and I forgot that they had lost the game. And he's like, oh, you're bringing up bad memories. But um, his dad back then, Tom Moore, was a legendary high school coach, was known for spread concepts and then kind of spreading people around. And they were kind of a small high school in eastern Washington, but they had always come over west of the mountains and beat up on these more talented teams in the Seattle area. Um, so even back then, they were kind of – his dad was known as a very innovative offensive minded coach and they would throw the ball over the place, balance, run the football, always had creative plays. And so, you know, as you saw Kellen move from high school to go to Boise state, which was very similar in terms of their innovation and and what they did on offense and just kind of knocking off big schools like Georgia and and Oklahoma and Oregon. Um, I think that thread just kind of continues to, to, to run through his career. You see what he's done in the NFL, you know, one of the best offenses in the league uh, in Dallas, the, the four years that he's been there. Um, so I, I think it just kind of made sense once it became clear that the Cowboys were going to move on. Um, and and Staley, you know, obviously saw somebody that um, had a similar kind of mindset and how they viewed offense. Um, and, you know, you have a person in Kellen that that had a relationship with Justin because of those commercials in Boise. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you guys have seen those. Oh yeah. Uh, and so I think that helps that they've already kind of established a rapport. Um, and then, you know, again, I covered this team in the past. Maybe uh, Kellen can be to Justin what Norv was for Phillip Rivers. You can kind of have that, that guy that's going to be there for a while and really grow with, uh, with, with Justin, you know, they, they're going to shine Justin here to, a long-term deal. Hopefully they get done this summer. Um, so hopefully Kellen is a guy that could be around and, and kind of grow with, uh, with Justin and really kind of take him to the next level. I mean, you saw it this year, offense was stagnant. They can't run the football. They have one of the best throwers in the game and some reason they can't get the ball deep, you know, in terms of explosive plays. And so I think Kellen's going to bring that element to them because he's a very creative mind. Uh, obviously, they ran the ball effectively in Dallas, so he'll bring that element, I think, to them to create balance, play action shots, and then kind of get that vertical game going. Yeah, I mean, I think you just look at the Chargers offense and you just know that there's a different level that they can get to, and you know that they did not get there, and they kind of hit that wall with Joe Lombardi. But, uh, you know, talking about Justin Herbert, you know, he's shown his greatness in his first three seasons, and he has some really big shoes to fill, you know, mm-hmm. with Phillip Rivers being the previous quarterback. Both are great in their own ways, but you were one of the few people that got to cover both of those players. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there are anything that Herbert can take away from Phillip Rivers? That's a great question. Um, I think one of the things that Philip did really well is he had command of the offense. And we still haven't really seen that yet from, from Justin. We know the physical tools are there, but I think that's kind of what we need to see next level in terms of his ability to, to get people in the right play pre-snap 
and and just really have a command overall of, of what's happening on the field. And one of the reasons he hasn't is because he's been in six different systems in, in <laughs> yeah. eight years, <laughs> yeah, which is crazy, crazy. right? I mean, yeah, you go crazy. back to Oregon. I mean, so how is he going to master an offense if it's constantly changing? Yeah, it's, and, it's not fair. So if you can get Kellen in here and, and you know, you can get him going, at least he's around for a couple of years. I imagine if, if Kellen does what I think he's going to do, he's going to attract a lot of attention in terms of head coaching gig. He's already interviewed for a couple of jobs, but um, I think that's the one thing that's kind of holding Justin back is just kind of having that mastery of the offense. And that comes with reps and, and, and being in the system for, for multiple years. Yeah. And it seems like you're almost echoing a little bit of what Keenan Allen has said about Justin Herbert during this off season, where it's like Phil Rivers, at a certain point, was just going to do what he knew needed to be done, right? And, like, mm-hmm. Justin Herbert doesn't feel like he has that in himself now to kind of go against even the play caller at times, right, and just kind of let it rip or make something happen on his own. He wants to be so perfect and yeah. do everything exactly the way the kind of scheme is supposed to go. But we did see the Chargers actually break some news today, giving Austin Eckler something they haven't done for a lot of players under contract in the past, which is giving him a raise this season, almost $2 million in incentives added to his contract this year, according to Adam Schefter. And you were around when the Chargers had a very similar situation with the guy that Austin Eckler took over for in Melvin Gordon. Do you think after seeing kind of how messy that was, this is in some way kind of the Chargers learning from how things went in the past? For sure. I think it's the Chargers learning. And then I think it's, it's, it's Eckler learning from that situation. I mean, really Eckler benefited from Melvin not, you know, coming into camp because he ended up signing the long-term deal that they were going to give to Melvin. And Austin saw, you know, what happened to the team that year. I mean, you go back to that year, they're coming off one of their best seasons in a long time, you know, deep playoff run. They're They're hoping to do the same thing the following season. Melvin doesn't show up for training camp, and then he didn't show up, I think, for six weeks into yeah. the regular season. Crazy. And then when he did get there, he wasn't really ready to play, mm-hmm. fumbled the football, yeah. lost his confidence. I mean, Didn't just, earn himself and, any money either, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't get the contract he ended up on. Well, I, I think he ended up signing for two years, $16 million, Something like that, um, yeah. With, with but I remember he, he wanted 10-plus. That was the big number. He, he, wanted Todd, he wanted Todd Gurley money. Yeah, and, yeah, and they weren't going to do that because of what had happened with Gurley and, and David Johnson. Both those guys end up getting yeah. hurt, yeah. And so the market just changed, and he just he just missed it, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I like Melvin. I think Melvin's a good dude, but I, I think he made a I think he made a, a poor decision and and not just coming in and, and figuring it out. And so I think Austin benefited from that experience, learned from it. You know, he, he's going to get a little bit, you know, a sweetener, you know, with this deal, and then he'll, you know, if he produces, he'll he'll hopefully get his money in free agency next year. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know, you look at the, the the stats that he's put up the last couple of years. I mean, if there's anybody that's going to bet on themselves and feel pretty good about what they're going to be able to do, mm-hmm. it's the guy who has scored 38 touchdowns over the last two seasons alone. The Chargers have had they have some pretty big needs going into this offseason and they mm-hmm. had some you know, very limited cap space to work with, uh, mm-hmm. but they did have their full complement of draft picks. How have you kind of assessed the moves that the Chargers have made so far this offseason? Uh, I like the first round pick. I, I, I like Quentin Johnson. You know, obviously it, it fits kind of the mold of receiver that they brought in, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. You know, you even go back to to Malcolm and, and, and those big body receivers on the on the perimeter. They've always had that uh in this organization they have a type (laughs) they have a type that they like and so he certainly fits that uh the one thing i like about q though is for a big guy 
he has some quicks. He has some suddenness to him, which Definitely. is unique. And so I think, you know, in talking to Kellen about this, you know, shallow crosses, bubbles, fly sweeps, he's the kind of guy that can that can make it happen, you know, in space in those plays. And so he might be a yak guy for them that can, can create stuff uh, if, you, if you get him the ball in space early. And he can make those downfield catches. I know a lot of people have – in charges, Twitter have talked about the drops, and and you know I, I think that's a legitimate concern, but I do feel like he can improve on that. It's not like he can't catch. I think it's more of a concentration thing, and I and hopefully with reps he'll improve on that. And the other thing is he's going to be the number three guy. You know, you're he's not going to be a guy you're going to count on 10, 11 catches a game. That's going to be Keenan and Mike, yeah. and so in a complimentary role. Um, you know, I like the move. I was surprised they didn't get a running back. You know, I know, yeah. you know, Joshua Kelly's continuing to develop and, and Isaiah didn't really get a whole lot of run. You know, usually year two for running backs in the NFL, they, they take a nice step of development. And so hopefully you can see those guys continue to improve. But, you know, I, I thought Austin had a little bit of leverage because really nobody on that offense does what he does. No. And and so you they, they needed him to play. Um, mm-hmm. And so – It'll be interesting to see what happens at the end of next year if they're gonna if they're gonna bring him back or if they're gonna look to draft a guy. Um, o line still pretty solid, I think, for the most part. Obviously, you need to get Slater back at left tackle, but I think finally they've done a good job of kind of developing that part of <laughs> of the offense. You saw a lot of bad offensive lines, Eric. You you and us both saw. We saw like I think that's another part of Tom Telesco's progression too, right? It's like this is the most we've ever seen them pour into this, right? Like five yeah. offensive linemen in the last couple of years, two first round picks. Like we've Brandon never Staley anything. has got to be a big part of that, but sure. because before Brandon Staley, I mean, as you would attest to, and Philip Rivers ringing his fists <laughs> at, at the screen saying, "You waited until after I left to." <laughs> draft offensive linemen like why but I, I think they drafted guys i just don't think they did a great job didn't in the evaluation. Well. yeah i mean yeah. you know go back to chris watt you know fluger uh, didn't really work out Feeney, Forrest lamp damn Feeney lamp. didn't really work out yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i don't know for sure but yeah. i think with this team you know they didn't have a bunch of starting roles. They're kind of trying to run it back with mostly the same group as we saw last year when they yeah. were the big spenders and won the offseason and had all of the big moves, right? And it's like, I think they're hoping that they can get a lot healthier, right? And just hoping they can get guys like Joey Bosa back for most of a season and Slater and JC Jackson maybe even. So it seems like there was a very targeted approach going into this. The only free agent they brought in, right, was Eric Hendricks over Drew mm-hmm. Tranquil, which was his own different thing. But I do want to ask you a little bit about Brandon Staley because we've never gotten to ask you about that. And just like you've seen multiple Chargers quarterbacks, you've seen multiple Chargers head coaches as well. More coaches than you've seen quarterbacks in your time covering mm-hmm. the Chargers. So I just wanted to know because, you you know, wherever, obviously, Staley, Lynn, before that, Mike McCoy, North Turner, like you've seen kind of it all. What do you think is kind of different about Brandon Staley than maybe some of the coaches in Chargers past? Well, I think early on it was the risk taking, you know, yeah. the fourth down stuff was, was unique. And, um, he was a good big picture guy. I mean, I covered him for a year when he was with the Rams before he came, uh, over to the Chargers. So I wasn't surprised about the hire, um, because I know the Rams thought highly of him and, and, and especially the defensive guys really liked playing for him. He, he had a lot of juice, a lot of energy. And I think he's brought that with, um, with him, uh, to the Chargers. Um, you know, I think it's like anything else, you know, you're, 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 you're getting the mistakes that a first time head coach makes and, and you just got to ride through it. You know, yeah. obviously last year was, was hard. <laughs> it was hard just to watch that. Watch <laughs> that game. I mean, 
That and was one you never even saw on your time covering yeah, the Chargers, I, Eric. <laughs> believe me, I, I, I tore up a lot of leads over the years having oh, to yeah. write stories because of what happened at the end of games. And I was glad that I was not covering that game because <laughs> that, that would have been would have been hard to to, to cover. Yeah. I'm sure that yeah. the beat guys were struggling with that. That was uh, tough. But that said, I, I think they made the right decision in keeping them. I, I do believe that was the right decision because I do feel like they're heading in the right direction. And, you know, with this team kind of once every four or five years, they catch lightning in a bottle and everybody manages to stay healthy. And I think you're kind of hoping that this year coming up is going to be that year. You know, like 2018. Yep. Yes, yeah. 2018 was a year when everybody managed to stay healthy and they were yeah. able to to make a deep run. And and, and I kind of see a similar thing, perhaps, uh, with this group. If, you know, if they can kind of keep everybody healthy and they have enough depth. Um, you know, obviously it's, it's important for Justin to stay upright and to keep him clean. Um, I like the pieces they have defensively. They feel like they have, uh, they're creating an identity defensively, how they want to play. I felt like they did that in the second half of last year. And now they just had to get that going on the offensive side of the football. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think it's very clear that they're pushing all their chips to, to the middle because of the restructures that they did. And, mm-hmm. you know, they having four guys with a cap of 30 plus million dollars. So they're really banking on those guys coming back and being healthy and being able to contribute in a major way. But the Chargers are currently in their voluntary OTAs and some players have decided not to show up until they have to for those mandatory practices. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of explain to everyone why the players showing up to OTAs is or is not important? I think it's up to the individual player. I think for the young guys, they need to be there, obviously, to, to kind of earn a role or just earn a spot on the team. The veteran yeah. guys, you know, Antonio Gates, he never came to those. I mean, yeah. He didn't. <laughs> he did, especially at <laughs> no. the end, man. He wasn't even yeah. going to training camp. He wasn't even going to training camp. I don't even know if I don't know if I'm going to play or not, but <laughs> oh, actually I am. Training camp's over. I'm going to play again. Oh, it's uh, <laughs> August 30th? Yeah, yeah, it's time to sign. Uh, yeah, the check's going to be coming in that one week. I need to be here. <laughs> and, and so – and. But those, but those guys, you knew that they were going to show up and play. They were going to yeah, be, right. they're going to be, they're professionals. They've been sure. through it. And, you know, for guys that are older, they really need the rest because you're counting on them to, to for their bodies to get through 17 weeks. Yeah, yeah 100%. It, but does it matter that it's a new coaching staff or is the, like the schematic parts of it going to come along later? And do they wait for the mandatory uh, practices for that? I think it matters if you're the quarterback. Okay. I think that for quarterback, the reps are really important. I think for, for veteran guys that are receivers and, and, and skill position guys, I think they can pick it up in training camp. They're going to get enough reps. O-line guys, you know, because it's about developing chemistry, I think it's important for the offensive line to be there and getting reps with each other and, and seeing the fits and seeing the fronts and being able to kind of play off each other. So I think O-line is important. But I think for skill guys, if you're Keenan – Keenan's good. I know it's a new system, but you can only run so many routes in the route tree, and he's right. he'll, yeah. he'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. He's had a few different coaches and a few different offenses as well, so I'm, I'm not worried about Keenan Allen at all. But it is very interesting to kind of wonder why these OTs are important and who they're important to. And now we know. Thank you so much, Eric, for coming on the show with us, man. Definitely, you know, great to have you back and kind of have this full circle moment. And just want to thank you for helping us out, especially early on. Right, we're seven years in at this point. You were here year one with us helping us get this thing off the ground and i couldn't be more appreciative of your time today and just your time every time man awesome thanks for having me keep grinding keep doing what you do a very special thank you to eric williams for coming back on the show like i said before really really cool really good dude who has always been very good to us and happy 
to get him back on the show because he still has some pretty invaluable insight. And I really like the angle so he can kind of look at things because it's hard for us in the current Chargers years having, you know, been in it as long as we have, remembering kind of how things were back then when he was on the beat. So really, really loved that. You can follow him on Twitter at Eric underscore D underscore Williams. He's putting out a ton of great content like that Kellen Moore piece that he just put out. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. The great news is we have a very special guest on tomorrow's show as the everydayers already know Isaiah Spiller, future RB2 coming on the show tomorrow. We're going to get into some great stuff with him as well as just kind of recapping how the Chargers OTAs have gone this far. And to make sure you don't miss it, make sure you go subscribe or follow for free on the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel. And you can also find the show wherever you get your podcast from, as well as every day on all of our social media. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Tong Sports, David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DroTakasD is in the show's page at Locked On LAC which you're going to want to make sure you're following because it's also Fan Mail Friday coming up so you guys can get your questions in on Twitter. We still have some from last week. We're probably going to use two because we had a lot of good ones last week. But you can also call into the voicemail line and leave a 30-second Chargers question in there at 323-524-7924. So make sure you guys hit us up for Fan Mail Friday. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Locked On Chargers and our Locked On Chargers Facebook page as well. But thank you guys. We will be back with you guys tomorrow with Isaiah Spillward Chargers running back. But until then... Take it easy and go Bolts.